Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I dropped in for a second, for a minute, for a moment, um, because I had to ask the question. We're going to talk about living in expectation. Are you living a life of expectation? How many of you know the word of God tells us in Hebrews 11? One, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We, guys, we're getting ready to um, deal with this subject, living in expectation. But first, we're going to pray. Okay. Okay. Father, we just thank you for being together with us, for being in the midst of us, Lord God. You said we're two or three are joined together. There you are. So Lord God, I just thank you for being in our midst right now, today, this day. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Okay, guys, again, give me one moment. I'm having some little technical difficulties. One second, one minute, one moment, because I'm going on Facebook Live also. But once again, I'm talking about living in expectation. Are you live when you're when we're living by faith, we're living in expectations. How many of you guys know that? Um, Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, the evidence of things not seen. Um, it doesn't take faith to uh, believe in something that you can see. You don't need to hope for something that you can see. It's, you can see it. We know that it was through faith that God created the world, right? It was through faith that he created the world. He created the world out of something that you could not see, Right? So let's look at that again. Hebrews 11, 1. What is faith? Hebrews 11, 1. It tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. <laughs> He called those things which be not into existence. He called those things which be not as though they already were. Um, Faith is the substance of things that you're hoping for. It's the evidence of things that you can't see, but you're believing. Faith is believing in something that you can't see. (laughs) What the Word of God tells us is uh, that the just shall live by faith. And when we're living by faith, how many of you know that we're living um, by expectation? When you live by faith, you live through expectation because faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you're hoping for something, it's going to cause you to live in a state of expectation. Are you living in a state of expectation, living by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith, right? The just shall live by faith and the just shall walk by faith. Are you living in expectation? Faith is the substance of things so far. I tell people um, that when, we're, when we become hopeless, it's because we're feeling faithless. 
When we're feeling hopeless, it's because we're feeling faithless. So if you're feeling hopeless, there's no condemnation. But when we're feeling hopeless, that's because we're not walking by faith. That's what that means. Um, What is it to have faith in God? We say it all the time. You need to um, trust God. And what does all that mean? Um, To trust God is to uh, have faith in who he is, to have faith in his character. Um, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you know that without faith, it's impossible to please God? Because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. And that's exactly what that is. There's no condemnation. Um, God knows that we're growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm talking about living a life of expectation. Living by faith will cause you to live a lifestyle of expectation. I don't know about you, but I'm always expecting something good to happen. I understand that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And the reason I feel like that is because I'm always believing God for something that he said. Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I asked the question, what is it that you're hoping for? You, everyone should always have a hope assignment. Because a hope assignment is a faith assignment because faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you're walking by faith, you're not really caught off guard because you're believing, you have faith in who God is, period. To have faith in God is to have faith in his character, is to have faith in his faithfulness, is to have faith in his long suffering, is to have faith in the fact that he cannot tell a lie, is to have faith by saying, you know, God's word is my absolute truth. So if he said it, I automatically believe it because I have faith in his in him. I have faith in his integrity. I have faith in his word. I believe that he is a man who cannot tell a lie. I believe that. I have faith in who God is. We have to have faith in who God is to believe what he says. Because God and his word is one. You have to have faith. You ever met someone and say, I don't believe nothing he say. He tell lies. Or I don't believe nothing he say because he say one thing and he do another thing. Sometimes people can't hear us because they see us. Okay, did you get that? Did you catch that? Because our actions are really speaking louder than our words. You know, you're telling me to do this and to do that, but then I look at your life and I don't see you doing none of this or you see you doing none of that. So it's hard for me to hear you when I'm looking at you. You understand what I'm saying? Faith is the substance. What is your what is your hope project? What is your faith project? Um, it's having faith in God's word. When we're hopeless, it's because we have lost their faith. The word of God says, don't be like uh, some of the children of Israel who had an evil heart. Let's an evil heart of unbelief be found in you. Well, an evil heart of unbelief is a heart that don't believe what God says. It's having When you have faith and confidence in God's love for us, it will be easy to believe what he says to us. Faith, having faith in who God is. Do you have faith in who in God's love for you? It was because God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. And the Bible say he proved his love for us. But yet when we were yet sinners, 
he still went on ahead and he died for us when we were yet sinners. So see, God's love for us is not based upon what we did or what we do or what we don't do. God's love is based upon who he is. It's based upon, do you believe me? Have faith in God. I'm going to say it to you again. Have faith in God. What does that mean? Have faith in his character. Have faith in his patience. Have faith in his gentleness. Have faith in his faithfulness. Have faith in his grace. This This is who God is. God is love. And God's love is not like our love because God's love will tell you the truth. And people don't understand that loves tell the truth. Proverbs said, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. And so I tell people all the time, the way you can tell your true friends is by the truth that your friends tell you. And everyone needs a truth teller in their life because without the truth, we open ourselves up to a lie. We open ourselves up to the spirit of deception. We need somebody in our life to say, hold on, wait a minute. Let's back up and and let's research this. Why? Because that's someone who cares because when you understand how strong deception is, the the worst, the greatest deception is self-deception. Because when we begin to believe the lie, it becomes a part, it gets, that's when it gets off into our heart. We have to, the word of God has got to be our absolute truth. The Bible says, says that even, Jesus was saying that even the elect will be uh, uh, deceived. Yes, there's going to be, been, we're having that now. We're having wars and rumors of wars and even the elect is being deceived. It doesn't matter who's saying it. I'm telling you, if God is saying it, we should be able to trace it. We should be able to bring forth the receipts, the proof of the purchase, the proof of what you're saying. We need to study to show ourselves approved so we can rightfully divide the word of truth. How many of you know there is no private interpretation of the word of God? The word of God will interpret itself. In other words, you'll find part of it here and then you can go in another book and find another part of it there. If you're the only one saying it, then there's something to it. Uh, because God says, he says it more than to one person. It's out the mouth of two or three witnesses that his word is established. Have faith in God. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. Now, the son of man, that he should have to repent. God doesn't have to repent of anything because he cannot tell a lie. God cannot fail. That's not part of his character. Being a liar is not part of his character. For God to tell a lie, he'll have to stop being God because that's not who he is. It's not a part of his character. His word is his bond. If you find it in his word and it's a promise that's pertaining to you, you can take it to the bank and add your faith I have faith in you, Lord. I have faith. This is what you said. If I believe, not only shall I be saved, but my household. This is your promise at 1631. And I believe what you said. I believe because I know that you are a man of your word. If you guys get to watch that uh, Maverick City, um, a man of your word. He is a man of his word. God is not like 
natural man. He's never going to be delayed. He's never going to delay. He's never going to go back on his word. You, We can count on his word. Heaven and her, earth will pass away, but not one jot nor tittle will fade. God's word is not going anywhere. The world is being held together because of his word. He framed the world with his words. Okay, guys, that's how powerful his word is. <laughs> He framed the world with his words. I'm just trying to get you to understand and know that God can be trusted. And it's not about knowing every Bible verse. It's about knowing that God, you know, the Bible says um, that we must have faith. We must first believe that he exists, right? We must first believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? Because even demons believe. Demons, the Bible says that even demons believe and tremble. But he, the Bible says that we must not only believe that he exists, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For without without faith it's impossible to please God. Um, we must not only believe that he exists, we not, must not believe that he only exists, but we also, we have to go on Hebrews eleven six. It says, we must also go on and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we're seeking God to do the right thing, he who hung and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So when we're seeking God to do uh, the right thing, he's going he's gonna to help us to know. Uh, it, we're going to go on, says, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is that he is, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11, 6. Um, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's Hebrews 11, 6. It's impossible to please God because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. That's not pleasing to any of us, right? So without faith, it's impossible. so you say, well, how can we have faith in God if we don't know all the word of God? It's, that's the key question. It's not about, it's having God and his word is one. So when you have faith in God and you hear the word, faith will come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to have faith in God to believe what he say when you hear what he say. Because God and his word is one. John tells us in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh, right? The Bible even says that the, well, the, he became flesh and it dwelt among men. God and his word is one. So the only way you can have faith when you hear his word is to have faith in who he is. Faith, God and his word is one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We must first believe that God does exist. That's the first thing we have to believe. And then we have to go on and believe that he is a rewarder, Hebrews eleven six. He is, not only that he exists, because a lot of demons believe he exists, the devil believe he exists, but we need to believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we believe what God say, he will do what he say. He watch over his word. The Bible said that his word will not return unto him void. That's his word, but, but it will accomplish because he watches over his word to perform it. it. His word will accomplish those things whereinto it has been sent. It's going to do what it was designed to do. Because God cannot tell a lie and God and his word is one. I just simply dropped in to ask the, the, to encourage you, exhort you and remind you. And actually, are you living a life of expectation? When you live a life of expectation, you're living a life of faith. 
You're always, uh, uh, and you're living a life of hope. When you're feeling hopeful, you're living, you're walking by faith. That's how you can tell if you're walking by faith. If you're feeling hopeless, when you're feeling hopeless, it's because you're faithless. There's no condemnation. Uh, go back, find out what the word, what God is saying concerning whatever it is you're feeling hope, helpless about. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You have to have faith to believe whatever it is that you're hoping for. But our faith is in who God is. I heard what you said because God and his word is one. So I'm having faith in, in God. I'm having faith that God is going to do what he said. Right, you have to have faith in God to believe what He says, otherwise, you just know a bunch of Bible verses, but you don't have faith. Why? Because it's relationship, relationship, relationship. Everything starts with God, and everything ends with God. He's a He's a Arthur and the finisher of our faith. We cannot have faith in what He says if we don't know who He is. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Knowing the word and not knowing the God of the word is religion and not relationship. But when we have a relationship with someone, it's easy to trust what he says. So sometimes, you know, you see people, they know a bunch of Bible verses, but the Holy Spirit said they don't believe it. There's no condemnation. What it is, there's a breakdown in the line. Um, it's called relationship. I know I can recite the book, but I don't even know what it means. Because I, and I, I don't have a relationship with the Arthur. Do you have a relationship with the Bible of the Arthur of the book? You have to have a relationship with God to believe God. And when we don't believe God, he said that's an evil heart of unbelief. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we want to live a life of expectation. I'm not really surprised by what God say because I already believe what he said. So when he do what he say, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, but I'm not surprised. Why? Because that's a heart of faith. When If I tell you that I'm going to do something for you and you're surprised and shocked when I do it, that tells me you didn't believe that I, you didn't believe I was going to do it. But if when you believe that God is going to do what he says, you live a lifestyle of expectation and you're not caught off guard and you're not surprised when he do what he say. I love surprises. You know, walking by faith is like walking by surprises, except uh, it's not a surprise because you know that God is going to do what he say. It's not a problem for me not to know what's going to happen next because I'm resting in the Lord. I'm not trying to figure this out. I'm not trying to figure God out. I want a relationship with him. I want a a relationship uh, because I am a friend of God. And because he calls me friend, he lets me know what the master is up to. When you become a friend of God, he will share some things with you. He will give you some words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of the spirit. You don't have to be a prophet to be prophetic. Uh, uh, gifts. It's the gifts that makes us prophetic. It's our God that makes us prophetic. You don't have to be a prophet to be prophetic. You don't have to be a prophet to see. You don't have have to be a prophet to have words of wisdom. You don't have to be a prophet to have words of knowledge, but you can be prophetic and you can even prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. The Bible tells us to covet to prophesy. Okay. So we have to, uh, Live uh, when you live in a uh, when you live a lifestyle of expectation, you're walking by faith. The just shall live by faith. So when you finding yourself excited and hopeful, 
that's because you're living by faith. When you're finding yourself discouraged and hopeless, that's because the, the devil has came and stole the word. Um, immediately after the seed is sown, Satan is coming to steal the word. The Bible says that our faith must be tried. Think it not strange and fiery trials come against us, James 1. Uh, our faith must be tried so we can know if it's genuine. The devil is coming to steal the word. Matthew tells us the parable of the sword. Immediately after the seed is sown, Satan comes to steal the word. How? Through the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. That's one way he's stealing the word. The condition of our heart determines how we receive the word of God. What type of soil is your heart? If it's good ground, a good ground heart is a heart of belief. A uh, 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 a heart of unbelief is not good ground. When you cannot sow seeds, you cannot sow the word of God into a heart that's heart not good ground. But when the heart is good soil, that's a heart of belief. A heart of unbelief is not a good is not good ground. The wayside, the stony side, the thorny side, and the good ground side. The devil is able to steal the word. He cannot steal the word when your heart is good ground, because a heart that is good ground it goes forth and it be, it does the word. Now, um, we know what we believe by what we act on. There's no condemnation. But what I'm trying to say is we, if we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. Be ye doers of the word and not hear only lest we deceive ourselves. When we're living a lifestyle of expectation, that's when we're walking by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you're hoping for something, you're expecting something. So, uh, but you can learn to rest and you can learn to be patient because you know it's just a matter of God's timing, not our timing, um, that he's going to do what he says. So you can rest in him. When the Lord gives me a word or a vision or something, I just, I rest. I'm not trying to figure it out. I don't try to figure it out. It's not my business. It's not, can you say this with me? It's none of your business. It's none of my business uh, as, as to how God is going to do what he wants me to do. If he wants me to know how he's going to do it, he will give me wisdom, a word of wisdom, knowledge or something. He will let me know how to go by doing what he wants me to do. He told Sarah that she was going to have a baby in her old age. He told Abraham it wasn't their business to try to figure it out. But they got in there and they started strategizing and they came up with their own way. How many of you know that there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death? If you will wait on the Lord, it says you will have need of patience. For after you've done the will of God, you will have to learn to wait on God. Because God, he's going to operate on his own timing. But if God gives you us a promise, if he tells you something, he's promised you something, then wait for the instructions. Don't try to jump ahead of him. Wait on the instructions. Do whatever he tells you to do that day. And then you have fulfilled the will of God for your life for that day. Learn to wait. If you'll learn to wait on the Lord, you can rest in the Lord. And when I say wait, I'm not talking about not doing anything. I'm saying whatever. Uh, when you don't know what to do, do what Jesus did. <laughs> we're, none, of, none of us is exempt. I don't understand. That's why a lot of us are stuck because we're not doing the word. We're not. So when we're not, uh, it's, it, it, uh, doing the word is not just preaching the word. But doing the word is actually putting our hands to the plow and doing the word. Jesus himself was a doer of the word. Whatever he taught, he preached to the people. Whatever he taught the people, he himself did it. He preached about washing feet and he himself washed feet. He preached about feeding the hungry and he himself fed the multitude. He preached, you know, whatever he said, talked about, he did. 
and we're not above the student. We're not above him. If we're, we're, we're called to become disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. So if you don't know what to do, go on back and read Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John and see what Jesus did. And that's what we do. Okay, you can never go wrong doing what Jesus did. No, you might not be called to set up a food pantry or uh, uh, a clothes closet or whatever, but there's a lot of different ways to feed the hungry. There's a lot of different ways to to uh, provide someone with clothes. Give clothes to that lady across the street, and you see her kids don't got none. Or give give food to that person uh, that just came home from the hospital. Or give food to that person to stand in the middle of food, go buy them a happy meal, go give them some money. for. It's so many ways to do the work. None of us are exempt and none of us are without excuse. And until we learn to be faithful over the little things, he's not going to trust us with with a lot. If we're too afraid to preach to one person, you're, you're not ready for the multitude. I don't know, but we think we're going to be able to skip steps, but that's all part of the uh, preparation. God is not into setting people up for failure. So, um, you know, he wants to train us. Anything that God uses, he trains and he prepares and equips first for the work of the ministry. He's going to, you have to be processed. And I'm not talking about just sitting in the building. You are physically, your flesh is physically going to have to die. Because when we're dead to sin, that's when we can serve him. When we're delivered from the people, that's when he can deliver us to the people. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm saying is when you no longer care about what people think, when you care more about what God thinks, then you're fit and ready for the master's use. When you have been crushed and broken. I I don't crush people, but I do crush pride. God don't crush people, but he does crush pride. He despises it. He resists the proud. He, God resists the proud. It's not about us. It's not about us. Um, it's not about us. It's about him. Search yourself and see if there's an evil heart of unbelief in you. Search yourself and see if it's about pride. If secret and false humility. Oh my God, I cannot stand false humility. The Lord hates false humility. As born again believers, we're to hate what he hates and love what he loves. And guess what? When you have the spirit of God inside of you, it's not something that you're going to have to try to make. You're going to actually feel repulsive when you come against that false humility. False humility and pride. God said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What is humility? The, The Holy Spirit will let you be able to discern false humility, he's going to let you know what you're dealing with. It's a discerner of the thoughts and it knows the intents of the heart. That's what the word of God is designed to do. No man knows the spirit of a man except the spirit. What does that mean? Your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, is what's doing the work. It's not us. It's nothing super duper about us. We need to take ourselves off the format and put set things in proper order. Anything and everything that we know, anything, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. What is it that we have that we did not obtain? It comes from Him. It's nothing, it's nothing about us, it's about Him. Our part in serving the Lord is yielding. The Bible says whoever you yield your members to, that's who you're serving to. If we will be obedient and yield ourselves, and don't have, we don't got to know. I don't know. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the art and finisher of my faith. It does not bother me not to know what's going to happen next. That don't bother me. Why? Because I am resting 
in the Lord. And I'm going to wait on it. I'm going to wait for the next word. Okay, Lord, you down. You told me this is what we're going to do. So give me, he already know I need the instructions because I'm not looking for no good ideas. Not no good ideas you will have to finance. Good ideas you will have to do. But God ideas, when God gives you an idea, when God gives you a vision, you can sleep on it, rest on it. You might be in the shower and he gives you part pieces of its hair. Sometimes he gives me a whole bunch of it where I can sit down and write it out. He will give you instructions and strategies. Don't it make sense that if God asks us to do something, that he tells us how to do it. If God asks you to do something, it's not for you to try to figure it out. He said, ask me for wisdom and I will give it to you. Faith in God causes us to rest in God. And when we can't rest in God, it's because we're not having faith in God. And and it's even pride that keeps us from being able to say that. It's not the end of the world. It, it doesn't mean you don't love God. It means we just need to spend more time with God. Because it's easy to trust someone that you know. And when you don't have a relationship, you can know the word of God and not have a relationship with God. That's called the logos. Uh, theolo- theologians do it all the time. It's dry and it's flat. There's no anointing on it. There's no relationship. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious people, they knew about Christ. But when the Christ came into their very presence, the Messiah, they didn't even know it was him. They didn't know who Jesus Christ was. They knew about him, but they did not know him. They knew about God, but they did not know God because they did not have a relationship with God. So this is why I say relationship. You can talk about God and not even know God. Talking about the logos. When you know God, you will live for God. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? That's because I do. when we don't know God, he is not Lord. When we're not obedient to what he's saying, Jesus is not Lord. He becomes our Lord when we do what he say. That's what supervisors do, right? You do what your supervisor asks you. Is Jesus your Lord? He said, if you be willing and obedient, You will eat the good of the land. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. So we prove our love for God by our obedience to God. Because when you love someone, you want to please them. When you love someone, you don't want to hurt them. You don't disrespect them, right? When you love someone, you want to bring joy to them. When you love someone, you give to them. When you love someone, you cherish them. You honor them. You respect them when you love someone. Jesus said, you do what he said. Jesus said, if you love me, prove it. If you love me, then obey me. Prove it. You can prove to me that you love me by your obedience to me. There's no condemnation. It just means that we have to spend more time getting to know him. It's not about how many scriptures we know. It's about do we know the God of the scriptures? They knew, the the scribes and the Pharisees, they would wear scriptures tied around their heads like bandanas. They was really religious, but they didn't have no relationship. They talked about God, but they did not know God. Are you just talking about God or do you really know God? There's no condemnation. What we need to do is just get in his presence and say, right now, Father, we just come before you. We throw up our hands. We open our hands and we open our heart and we say, Lord, here we are. Reveal yourself to us. Give us a Damascus. Give us a revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, give us a revelation of your dear son like you did, Peter. Help us to know him 
in the power of his might. Help us to know him. We want to know you, Lord. 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 Do you want to know him or do you just, are you just satisfied knowing about him? Yeah, you're well versed and you know a lot of scriptures, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you, do you know him? Who do you say he is? Jesus said, Peter, who do he ask the disciples? He said, who do they say I am? Some said that you're the prophet. Some say you're the Messiah. He said, but yes, but I want to know, Peter, who do you say I am? Do you know me or do you just know about him? Do you know God or do you just know about God? Because it's a difference. When you have a relationship with God, then you can trust God. There's no condemnation. But I'm talking to you about relationship, relationship, relationship. Do you know about God or do you just talk about God? Do you have a, do you believe in him? Do you believe in who God is? You have to know who God is to have faith in who he is. Do you have faith in God? Do you know who he is? Do you just talk about him or do you know? Do you trust him? When you read his word, are you a doer of the word or hear only? That's the deception. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only lest you deceive yourself. The word of God says the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only, not the knower only. Knowledge puff up. Knowledge, have you ever seen a prideful person because they know stuff? It puffs them up. It makes you feel like you're really doing something because you know something. But until you actually do it, all it is is puff. It's just a puff of smoke. Knowledge puff up. But love build up. If we're not doing what the word of God say, then we're opening ourselves up for deception. That's how the spirit of deception is able to gain access into our lives. It's when we know to do good and we don't do it. But the devil got us feeling like, oh, well, at least I thought about it. No, that, that, that don't count in the kingdom. It's not about you thinking about it. It's about us doing what he said. Actions is what obedience is. Uh, Knowing what to do and not doing it, he says, for you is sin. It's better not to know than to know and not follow. I dropped in to say, are you living in expectation? Because when you walk by faith, you're always expecting something good to happen. But if you're hopeless, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling down, there's no condemnation. What I'm going to talk to you about is developing your love relationship, learning to love on God like God loves on you. Relationship, relationship, relationship. It's not enough just to know the Bible verses. You got to know the God who spoke the Bible verses. Developing that love relationship. The reason you're having a hard time having faith in God is because of the relationship. It's the relationship. If, you, if a stranger come up to you and say, hey, I'm going to give you $1,000 tomorrow, this, and you don't know this man, whereas if someone you do know and you know their word is good and they come up to you and say, hey, I'm going to give you $1,000 tomorrow, you'll have faith in what they say, but you won't have faith in what the strangers say because you don't know him. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
But you have to have faith in God to believe what he say, because God and his word is one. There's no condemnation. All I'm saying is make sure that we spend time delighting ourselves in the Lord. How do you get to know him the same way you get to know this other person? You have to sit down. You have to spend time in his word. God and his word is one. And when we say we don't have time for the word, we're saying we don't have time for God, right? We need to spend time in prayer, praise, worship, turn some stuff off and just listen. You're going to shut some things down, shut some people off. When you're driving in the car, don't put no music on. Just be quiet so you can hear. When you're at home, so turn the TV off so you can just be quiet so you can hear. What the Spirit, because those who seek Him, those who diligently seek Him, He will reward. That's seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord ain't just in the closet on your knees. Seeking the Lord is when you got Him on your mind and you're wanting to know things. He knows what our heart, He knows the intents of our heart. He knows that you're, you, you got everything shut off because you're trying to hear from Him. He knows why you're doing what you're doing. And, and, you know, that's what it's about. It's not about just knowing a bunch of Bible verses. It's not even about revelation knowledge because you can have revelation knowledge. That's even worse for you if you don't do what it says. And what is repentance? Repentance is change. It's not saying just saying I'm sorry. Repentance is evidence. I'm, I'm getting ready to say this and I'm getting ready to get off. I remember once uh, there was an, something that happened. And I had to say to someone, they have no, there's no repentance. You can't, they're not showing any repentance. Well, what am I saying? Because repentance is evident. And when you're really sorry, you can see sorry. <laughs> okay, if, if I slap you by accident, say I swing my hand, I accidentally hit you. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Okay, that was an accident. Okay, but then I turn around and I do it again. And I'm constantly doing the same thing to you. Pretty soon you're going to be like, no, they ain't really sorry because they still keep doing the same thing. See, godly sorrow, the Bible says, worketh repentance unto salvation. When you're sorry to God, we're talking about being sorry. We're talking about being broken. When you're broken, when you're sorry because you offended your heavenly father, then that's true godly sorrow. That type of sorrow is going to bring about true repentance. That I'm talking about being broken. And when you're really sorry... You're going to start doing the opposite of what you did because repentance, you're going to turn completely around and away from. It's not enough to say you're sorry and continue doing the same thing. I'm talking about being sorry to God. I'm talking about godly sorrow. You're not sorry because you got caught. You're not sorry because they got mad at you. None of that. You're sorry because you offended God. You're sorry because you grieved the heart of God. How many of you know the Holy Spirit can be grieved? You're sorry. That's why you're sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. But you know what? You got to have a relationship with God to be sorry to God. Do you have a relationship? Do you know him? My prayer is, Father, reveal yourself to your people. Holy Spirit, reveal. You are the revealer of the truth. You're here to lead God and direct us into everything that's true. Holy Spirit, Father, reveal yourself. Give them, give us a God encounter of you, Lord God. Be real in our lives. Give us a hunger and a thirst for the word of God, for the, your will, for your way. Father, we come before you and we yield our members to you. And we say, Father, not our will, not our way, not our want. We don't want to just know Bible verses. Do you just know Bible verses? I don't know. I have a real, real relationship with Jesus Christ. I had a Damascus Street experience. 
And I'm telling you, when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, it was as if I had fallen in his arms. It was like I could almost literally physically feel him hugging and holding me. And I remember saying, breathing out loud and saying, oh my God, you're what I've been looking for all my life. I've been looking for you all my life. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, all the wrong people and all the wrong things. And at the end of the day, you was right here, just waiting for me to say yes. If you guys don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, We're going to give you an opportunity to just simply say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died, he resurrected, and he's coming back again. I believe he died for my sins. And I confess him with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and Father God, and I believe in my heart that he is the Son of God. And I ask, Lord God, that you just save me. Just save me, Lord. Just save me. Just put your hands up right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And we just say, Lord, Lord Jesus, Father, say, Father God, just save me and deliver me. Save me and set me free, Lord God. Holy Spirit, just let them comfort them, Father. You say you would not leave us comfortless. Father, comfort them right now, Lord God. Let them feel your comfort. Let them feel your peace that passes all understanding, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Because I pray that we will have faith in God so we can live a life of expectation. And when you live a life of expectation, you're not caught off guard because you expect God to do what he say. When you live a life of expectation, what you're saying is, I believe that nothing is impossible for them that believe. So when God does good, he don't catch me off guard (laughs) because I'm expecting. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting something good to happen. If you're always walking around expecting bad things to happen, you're not living a life. You're not walking by faith. Quit saying things like, if there was no luck, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't, for bad luck, there wouldn't be no luck. Quit cursing yourself with your words. Get in expectation. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And the plans that God has for you are good. Jeremiah 29, 11. And so hold on to that each day, today, and every day that the, something good is going to happen to me because the, oh, God got good things in store for me. The only thing that God has for me is good. His goodness and his mercy is following me, right? So expect good things to happen to you. Because God's goodness and mercy is following you. I just want to exhort you, encourage you, and remind you to have faith in who God is. And when you have faith in who God is, when you hear his word, you'll be able to have faith in what he says. Because God and his word is one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, by having faith in the God who said what he said. You have to believe God to have faith in God. You can't trust somebody you don't know. So let's spend some time developing that love relationship. This is why you're knowing all these Bible verses and you're frustrated because you don't have faith in God. God is not like man. He's not like a human being. Uh, Your mama, daddy, or whoever may have let you down, husband, whoever, but that's not God. He's not like man. God created man. He's not like man. He, He cannot tell a lie. He will not fail us in Jesus' name. I'm leaving here. You guys, please share this podcast. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inhaling. Hit that support button. Um, You guys, if you would like to support our outreach, We Care, W-E-C-A-R-E, you can um, 
visit our website, wecare1966.us. Subscribe to that page. Donate on that page. Um, if you would like to give to me directly, it's the dollar sign, Pearly. Don't forget the J Martin. Okay? Um, you guys be so blessed. Be encouraged. And I need you to do this. I need for you. Promise me you'll do this. You will keep looking for what's good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. The fact that you are alive means that God still have good things in store for your life. Okay? Until next time, you guys hit that subscribe button. So every time I come on, um, you'll be notified. You'll get that notification. I'm in in the year. All right? Till next time. I love you guys.